the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Saturday morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. Saturday, the fourth morning of November, although it's beautiful outside. 2023, good old 710 KNUS. We have one line open, 303-696-1971. 67 will be the high, 72 Sunday, and 68 on Monday. Um, As mentioning, I wrote down a worksheet for today's show, and I sort of divided it up in a couple of different categories, but the one which I thought was interesting was, who exactly is Israel at war with? And it's pretty widespread, and it carries all kinds of different connotations. The other one was, of course, talking about uh, Republican politics in the state of Colorado, and then my good friend John Eastman headed for a disbarment. And then maybe even more, more, certainly more, well, I don't know, more tragic, but certainly so sad is the rise of anti-Semitism again in this country on colleges and universities and other places. And I, I mentioned as a reader, Heidelberg University in Germany was, remember you got a dueling scar when you went to Heidelberg. But um, that was many, the German university, Heidelberg's the one that stands out, but the universities in uh, in Bavaria and universities actually in Austria, they were really, really, really brutally anti-Semitic. But what's interesting is if you were going to be a Jew in Europe, you were much better under the czar. That's under the czar, under the Kaiser. Kaiser Bill, um, an interesting character. I'm not necessarily a fan, but when you read... Kaiser Bill had kindergartens. That's where the word comes from. Uh, Kaiser Bill allowed for unions, uh, the rights of women. They were all under the Kaiser. You remember in Catherine Ann Porter's book, The Ship of Fools, where the, um, uh, the, you know, the really successful Jewish guy who had been awarded the Iron Cross for bravery in the First World War who said, they're not going to do anything to me, and, of course, disappears. So we're looking at all this stuff, and how does it reappear and do it again? So those are the three topics, although other things are uh, are wide open as well. I think Mike's first. Hey, Mike, thank you very much. You're on a radio show. Welcome. Well, thank you, Peter. Um, kind of to answer your question, I guess, um, I believe that Israel's at war uh, uh, against all those that uh, do not recognize their right to exist in the Holy Land, all those that want them destroyed and out of the Holy Land. Um, And I would say, just off the top of my head, Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas. Israel is not at war with moderate uh, Islamic states like uh, Jordan, who recognize that... uh, they have a right to be there, but um, but Jordan 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 also 
Uh, I, I, I was interesting by this, and I, I pulled it up. I don't know if I have on my junk, but uh, nations that recognize uh, the Palestinians as a state, and Jordan Jordan's clearly on the list. We recognize the Palestinians. So can you can two ideas occupy the same space? Well, okay, I, I can go back to uh, you know uh, the, the current uh, leader of Jordan, uh, Abdullah. Uh, he, he saw his grandfather assassinated in the Al Aska Mox in 1951, and that was because he was a moderate and believed that the Israelis, that the Jews, had a right to be in Palestine along with. The Palestinians. Are you, are, you, so, are you sure about that? Because his grandfather um, was the Jordanian. His great grandfather was overthrown, and and then he, I can't think of his son, but he's the grandfather of this guy. But um, come on, come on, Peter, make your mind well, work. But, yeah. Okay. So we can we can put that aside because I, I believe I picked that out of the uh, the book Icon of Evil okay. uh, about uh, Hajamin. But um, the uh, I, I guess my my point is is that um, uh, the two state solution has been proposed for going on a hundred years now, probably since mm-hmm. the League of Nations. Uh, it was the uh, because it was rejected by all of the Arab world. In 1947, again, with, that led with, to the with respect. I don't know if the U. If it wouldn't have been the UN, it would have been the League. And I'm, I guess it. And I don't think the League offered the two-state solution. I really don't. Okay, well then let's go forward. Then okay. uh, we could say that in 1947, mm-hmm. uh, the British left, and the proposal from the United Nations, yep. which did exist then, yeah, yes, it was, was for a two-state solution. The entire Arab world. Um, egged on by Hajimin, but uh, they rejected that. That led in turn to Israel declaring independence. It led to the War of Independence. Ever since then, the two-state solution has not been uh, – they do not recognize Israel's right to be there as a state. It's not a two-state solution for most of the Arab world. Stop for again for a second. When you look at, look at Israel, and I'm no expert, if you look at from above, Israel looks like Mr. Peanut, you know? And on one side is West Bank. On the other side is Gaza and Gaza City. How can there be – and I've read this and I've read Oslo Accords – I, I don't see where you get, and, and and nobody wants. I mean, you're right. In, inside of the hardcore and the Palestinians, they they want they want eradication. They don't want two states. Um, the moderates, if there is a moderate this morning, I'm not sure who would be part of it. But but I've read not not extensively. I'm not an expert, but I've read the two state solution. And uh, Joe Biden, interestingly enough, brilliant thinker talked about the two-state solution. I have no idea how... I love your call. Mike, I have no idea how they do it. Well, I, I can I can agree with that, because unless um, Israel... And, and you're right. I, when you say Mr. Peanut, I'm assuming you mean that with their current borders, not yeah, counting yeah, what they wanted... Yeah, it's fat, slims down, and gets fat. 
Yeah. Um, so if you're going to have a two-state solution, there has to be um, borders that can be oh, yeah. secure, sure. that sure. they can't be readily attacked and overrun. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not going to happen. Um, there's been no appetite from that uh, for that for the other parties, the Arab world. And so we're down to now, might makes right. Israel won the West Bank and those territories in the 67 war. Uh, they won the other, uh, the, the Golan Heights. Um, and so, you know, if you, if people don't want to sit down and, and, and talk, uh, mm-hmm. constructively and, and find a solution, then it comes down to might makes right. And until people agree to come to the peace table and like, let's say, do like the Egyptians did. Well, remember, um, remember I got to stop you again because we, you and me and everybody listening, we bought that piece. It's Camp David, and the two. Yeah, wait a minute. And the agreed. Two, and the two people. Agreed. And the two people were both killed. Well, okay, but that isn't that another example of no, uh, well, well, as soon as Sadat. Well, as yeah. soon as Sadat became moderate, then he got he got I, killed. He's a product of the Muslim Brotherhood. You as, know, it's like as crazy as this sounds. I I stood where Sadat was murdered, and it's a it's a reviewing ground, and uh-huh. I, I I mean we're. And you watch that video, everybody ducks but Sadat. They know it's coming. But he goes to Camp David, and it, it, and I'm like, I'm, I got this thing about Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter knew, and there's a line about Middle Eastern wars that the Arabs were willing to fight to the last Egyptian. And the Egyptian army was always the ones that took, and the Jordanians for a while too, but it was the Egyptians that took the blunt. And Jimmy Carter knew when they would go into Cairo or wherever they would go to, you could not find a family that had not lost at least one son in those wars. When he went into Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, he found the same thing. You could not find an Israeli family that had not lost a son. So he put together Camp David. Camp David is a buy. We collectively pay the Egyptians not not to go to war. We we were trying to buy off the Israelis. And when Begin goes home and Sadat, they're murdered. They're, and they're murdered by yeah. their own. They're not like yeah. no no Arab murdered uh, Begin, and certainly no 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 Israeli m- murdered Sadat. Sadat was murdered by his, by your right by by the Brotherhood in the army. Yeah, and, and that's where he came from. But um, the, um, the, the, I guess the bottom line, though, is that um, uh, as long as folks exist, entities exist like Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, that want and, and advocate for the outright destruction of the Jewish state, this will never end. It will be might makes right. And it, as soon as people moderate Jordan, the, the, the kingdom of Jordan, recognizes the right of Israel to be there. Egypt, I don't know if it's recognized in a charter or their constitution, yeah. but they're not actively attacking Israel anymore but after it's, that. It's a buy-off. But remember, Jordanians are Hashemites. This is gets down to yes. why the street's important. They're Hashem, it's a Hashemite kingdom. Um, he th- That king uh, allowed the American Air Force to stage out of Jordan when the war begins against Saddam, the Bush war against Saddam. And they staged out of there. And that raised the ire 
of a lot of the Arab world. What are you doing that for? And so he's an he's an interesting interesting guy. Um, he's Western educated. His wife, I think, is actually was U.S. I think, and uh, that's a, that's a, that's that's a that's a hanger too. You know, I, I and I don't have an answer. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't think there is an answer. It's no. going to be might makes right until one side agrees that uh, they're done, and, and they you won't. know either and they won't, it, they won't, and they won't. So no. here we go. The band plays on. Great, Mike. What do you do? You've called before. I love your calls. What do you do for real without giving up a company? Uh, I am now retired. Um, retired by the COVID virus. Um, because I wouldn't take the shot. Right. And um, I read a lot, Peter. I'm a reader like you. Cool. Um, and um, probably some of the books I've read probably came off the show. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, incessant reading and research and trying and I, to understand. Yeah. I'll give you my recommendation of the year. The book, okay. Isaacson's book about Elon Musk. <laughs> I, who, 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 whose book? I, I, Isaac, Walter Isaacson, who did Einstein, okay. uh, he wrote a book about Elon Musk, and it's it's uh-huh. it's seven hundred pages. It is. I I have never been in, never been trapped by a guy's thinking like Musk, and I, I've always believed that people are people, and then somebody else comes along, like a Jefferson or an Einstein, uh-huh. or for that matter, Picasso. And they just change everything. And so there's this Musk, Gates, uh, Bezos, Jobs. The, and I don't even know how to I, – I think Be, I, I just had this conversation yesterday. I think Bezos is basically a businessman. I think Jobs, I don't know how to describe it. Gates, I think, clearly was a businessman. I have no idea who Musk is. None. But he, um, he thinks so, and, and he's, he's permeated my thinking. I uh, Real quick, I saw Musk on uh, Joe Rogan, yeah, watched the entire two-hour podcast. I, did I agree with you totally. Yeah. He is a out-of-the-box thinker in science and engineering, and I may take you up on that book recommendation Please. because it's fascinating to listen to him. And he's, his life his life as a child is just insanity. His father's an idiot. I mean, and they finally going to reconcile. This is like how his father, his father's name is Errol. And uh-huh. they, so his father's been married a bunch of times. Elon's been married a bunch of times. So he goes uh, to try and patch it up, he and his brother, with the old man. Well, the old man had married a woman that had a, a, a young daughter. They show up at the lunch. They show up at the lunch. No, wait a minute. They show up at the lunch. I've heard this. And, and, uh, and El, uh, Musk, Musk's father has uh, impregnated his stepdaughter. <laughs> and now he's had a second kid with her, I've heard. Oh, yeah. And, and they, they, they sit down in this restaurant, and he comes in, and, and, and I forget her name, and but they knew her. They knew her when they were kids, and she was like this. She was eight years old or something, and and then she walks into the restaurant with their father, and she's pregnant with his kid, and they think this is the most disgusting bastard. You know? and, and now he's doubled down and had another one. And he, so he sends them to these. They're like gladiator academies. He sends them to these schools. Well, he and his brother are little kids in South Africa during our apartheid. 
and it's like the Lord of the Flies. I mean, these people just – and so later when – remember he was going to – uh, who, who who wanted to fight him? Uh, they were talking about fighting. I said, I don't know if you'd tangle with this guy because he threw a birthday party. Yeah. Zuckerberg, was, I think. That's right. Zuckerberg wanted to fight him. <laughs> and he threw a birthday party for himself. He went out there and fought a sumo wrestler. Why? Well, really, <laughs> no, no. And to me, it's like, oh, uh, uh, man, this guy. And um, he just does stuff. And he... And he's out of his mind, but he put in his. Go ahead, I'm sorry. As you said, you can't make this stuff up. No, he's out there. He tells people uh, about being such a, you know, the P word, and he goes, Well, yeah, he said, (laughs) but he said, I'm putting people on Mars. What have you done? You know, (laughs) and he he hates Uh, Trump. He hates Trump. He doesn't like Trump. He started out, he wanted to meet Trump, and then he doesn't like Trump. He He didn't like anybody, but. Uh, and they court him for his money, and I don't know. It's, yeah. But it's called it's called Musk, and it's it's devastating. It's that good. It's all right. I like Isaacson, and uh, I uh, might take you up on that. And let you know what I think. Promise. Thank you. All right, everybody. I think we pause. Do we do a pause here? All right. Three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. And right now, as we speak, it's at Winter Park opened, and it's snowing. And snow is in the mountains, and the ski season has officially arrived. I got my pass. And that's why right now is the perfect time to take your skis and boards for a tune or maybe final, finally get time, get new gear. I'm, I'm, they got new boots, new designs. I haven't gotten new boots in like eight years. And I got to get heaters. <laughs> it's important. I got to get heater boots. And I'm going to go – actually, I got a kind of an easy week coming next week, so – some new gear, get to the mountains ASAP. Now, John Marriott, Paul, and the troops that are there, you owe it to yourself to visit Larson Ski and Sport, located just south of I-70 on Kipling. So whether you rent equipment or want to own it, these are my guys. They've been my guys for 20 years. Totally committed, making your ski experience the absolute best. Convenient. Stop. On the way up the hill, or on the way home. So there, you're going westbound I-70, obviously going to the mountains. There's the um, Kipling exit. Come down to Kipling exit, then turn left, go under I-70. There's a tunnel. You come out on the other side. The Crab Shack, when you come right out of the tunnel, you see the Crab Shack on your right. Then there's a big wooden f- building seven days a week. Paul and Company, that, my friends, is Larson Ski and Sport. Rentals, buys, whatever you're looking for, boards, cross countries. Racks, clothes, what, whatever, goggles. Take it from me, John, and the guys at Larson's. The absolute best at everything they do for winter sports. Been my friends for a long time. Stop today and tell them I sent you. Larson Ski and Sports, seven days a week, south of I seventy on Kipling. Three zero three four two three zero six five four three zero three four two three zero six five four. L a r s o n sport dot com. All-time favorite, Stevie Wonder. There you go. Mississippi. Stephen Moreland is his real name. My mentor, Bob Lee, knew him really, really well. A Motown in Detroit. What a talent. 710 KNUS Demers Talk Station. We have jam lines. I'm Peter Boyles on the air everywhere. And um, the topics this morning have been really good. Uh, This 
And again, this question I wrote to myself, and I was you know going over history and stuff in my head, and what or maybe whom or who is Israel at war with and the rise of anti-Semitism in the world today? Uh, I don't know where to begin. Uh, go to Rob? Right, we got, Louis says go to Rob. Rob, you're on the radio show. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. How are you today? You know, I'm actually very good. Thank you. Uh, so you know how Facebook has these memories pop up? Yeah. I As say. I was listening to you, a memory from eight years ago today popped up, and it was us landing in the middle of a haboob in Tel Aviv. Oh, man. you you with me on that deal? Yes, sir. Oh, man. I was the guy that pulled you out of the Dead Sea. So, um, <laughs> you know what? You you Those of you who have never had that experience, Rob, explain the, the Dead Sea. Uh, if you're, uh, of course, it's got a high salinity, so you can float in it. Float. And you float so well. <laughs> Little guys like Peter yeah. can't get their feet back to the bottom. I, true story. I can't. <laughs> I, 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 so. My daughter has a story. She lost her shoe and put her foot down and came up with somebody else's shoe. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So yeah, everything we learned in that in that trip was um life changing for me. And yes. the one word I forget the, the guy that we had, the Israeli guy, but the one word that he used more than any other was complicated. Remember that? Sure, complex, complicated. No, uh, it's complex. It's you know, could you try to give us the, the yin story and the yan story of every oh, situation? Sure. Yeah. And then there was forty things in between. Yep. So um but I heard an interesting thing on an interview this week with Jordan Peterson, where he was asked the same question that you're asking, which is, who is Israel at war with? Mm-hmm. He blamed the mullahs in Iran, who basically spiked this, this little proxy war up with, with Hamas and Hezbollah, got them all excited, so that they could sort of get people distracted from the things that have been happening in Iran. There's a... Great movement to do away with that and type of ruling. The wagging the men are on. The wagging the dog. But Iranians. And, oh, excuse me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I was just that that theory that that thought um, kind of makes some sense to me. I don't think it's entirely the reason why things are happening because there's all of the other things people have discussed. These age old um, discussions the, about who really should own the land and. You know. Have I don't you, know. That's a thirty-five hundred-year-old argument. Have you ever been around Iranian people, and and become? Yeah, yeah. Uh, then you'll find that they they do. It's their dislike is our government. Their dislike is the CIA. Their dislike is our foreign policy. In terms of liking me and you, there doesn't seem to be a problem. But it goes back to the Shah, and again, everything goes back to another time. And although we have a proclivity in this country to forget history, they don't. And they know what was done, and they know what was done and done again. And you're not going to shake that anger, that, that view of the world. And we, we put the blocks to the Iranians. And, was, you know, the beginnings of things like uh, Aramco and Brit- well, British Petroleum was already there. And the the way the role the Shah played. Now, you and I might slough that off, but they don't. And the other part of it too is, this whole time Joe Biden has been 
putting his finger in the eye of Putin and the the Russians and their allies. And so now Putin is doing exactly back to Biden what Biden has been doing to him. He is backing the enemies of the United States. And it's it's power politics. It's global politics. Um, and you have to, as Lao, Lao Tzu says and von Clausewitz says, go on their side and look back and tell me what you see. It's tough. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, that's why it makes sense to me. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. When I was when I was a kid in in high school, my father, who worked for Hughes Aircraft Company, almost moved the family to Tehran because Hughes Aircraft had oh, a contract big with time. the Shah's government. Big time. That would have been in the early seventies. I might have gone to you know, we had to <laughs> go to a high school in Switzerland <laughs> or something. But uh, um, nonetheless, it would. I, I, I kind of wish that he had done that so we could have experienced the somewhat westernized version of Iran. It didn't because take... after the after the shop fell, I met a lot of those people in Southern California. You bet, and they fled with money. Uh, it's yeah. like when the Cubans fled Castro. What happened? These are wealthy people uh, who banked in Miami. It's interesting to read this this history. They lived in Cuba. They made money in Cuba, but they banked in Miami. So when they fled Fidel. They fled to their own money, and so when Life Magazine would do uh, uh, pictorials on uh, how successful these Cubans are in the free world, and I'm not defending Castro, please don't misunderstand me, but their money was already there. And the Iranians always banked in Switzerland, or they banked in L.A., uh, the ones that could. And now they have the guy they call the Baby Shah, and they want to put them back on the throne. Good luck. But, we, we again, you know, the, the love of history and reading history always gives you your answer. And it may, yep. it may come in a form of a question. What, what was the, the game changer for you in Israel? I think the, the day that it was the day I, I and I remember this perfectly because I there was a Cop from Greeley that was on that trip, big tall guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the day that was the day you chose to do the radio show from the top floor of that hotel. No, I didn't choose to. I was told. <laughs> but okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody answers to somebody. You bet. Um, and uh, we went to Bethlehem, and I had this childhood vision of Bethlehem oh. that absolutely was not lived up to the little town go, the little town going through the uh, the big the big prison wall and oh. uh well, you, and then the uh, the, the israeli guy got off the bus the, and the I, palestinian I, guy got on the bus what did and I, what did i say yeah. yeah you talked about that earlier no i went and, I, went, uh, I, went, I went the next day and and the, the the israeli guy takes you to the wall and the palestinian guy gets in to drive and then they took us to see the 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 supposedly the cave where yeah, the little, Jesus yeah, was born. Yeah. And there was a little baby plastic Jesus, yep. kind of like the one my dad had when yep. I was growing up. Yeah. And these Palestinian guys made us sing Christmas carols. Oh, yeah. And I was so offended by that whole experience. I thought, screw yeah. this. Then after that, we had lunch. Yeah. We went to this little Christian gift artifact store. Yep. And Carla and I are standing in front of the bus. 
and these four Palestinian guys came up and started taking our picture, oh, yeah. pictures of the bus. Oh yeah, and they told us that they that we were not going to make it back to the nah, wall. I, exactly, that they were going to kill us because yep. on the front of the bus, the name of that tour was "Stands with Israel." That's right. So they asked, "Do you stand with Israel?" I go, "Well, I'm on the tour. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to die." Yeah. Oh, and I just remember this little five foot four inch Palestinian sticking his wagon his finger at this tall six foot five inch cop from Greeley. Yeah. Who I I know it took every bit of restraint for him not to just reach out and choke the guy, but the game's over. All, that that entire bus ride back, we we didn't say anything to anybody, but he was on one side of the bus looking out the window, and I was on the other. Um, and uh, yeah, man. that 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 you, kind of sealed the deal for me as what? to who's you know we're in this dirty place with no plants and mm-hmm. trash on the on the street, and then we went back through the wall, and there's trees and oh, buildings, yeah. and oh sure, it's like. Okay, who's who's really the problem here? But again, it's it's funding and it's it's you know and 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 engineering and all those kinds of things. I always thought, and I crossed and um, I have a picture somewhere of me. Do you remember how many times did you see that stenciled on the wall, and the guy's throwing a Molotov cocktail, and his his eyes are his face is covered, and he's got on a on a black top. And he's got a he's got a Molotov in his hand, and oftentimes he's got an AK in the other hand, and I've saw that so many places, and then I have a picture of myself outside the Che Guevara Cafe. Yeah, I, the, yeah. the Che Guevara Cafe in on the West Bank, and so. Whew, I you know and, might as might as well be the Jeffrey Dahmer Cafe. Wait, but. How do you win that? And and knowing that they they believe, not know, but they believe that they are right. Well, your previous caller, maybe it was you mentioned that might makes right. Yeah. Well, then, I'm sorry, that's the only way this is going to stay resolved. That was that was that was that was Napoleon's line. If you when yeah. he had that, his chief of staff or one of his staff was a guy named Chavon, where we get we get chauvinism from him. But, and I forget what pope it was, Pius IX or somebody, had the ass about Napoleon. And so Siobhan comes to Napoleon, and Napoleon looks at him and says, how many divisions does the pope have? That's right. Answer, you know, like none. Okay, you know, so we're not going to, the pope has no say-so. And it's all true. I mean, how do you how do you think? I mean, first, it's good to hear your voice again. How do you think those Palestinians view Joe Biden? He is the leader of uh, their the the country that supplies their That's enemy right. with That's right. uh, absolutely funds. So there's no placating them from him. So there's t- there's t- how many t- carrier groups are there now? Three or two? Three, there's one in the Gulf and two in the Mediterranean. What do you think the Palestinians are thinking about the United States? Well, we're the big bad dog that uh, right. is no friend of theirs. So then who is, who are the mullahs? They're friends. They're friends. And who mullahs are, are giving them money, yeah. and weapons. Who, and who is Putin to the mullahs? There you go. So... So you flip it around. It's kind, of, kind of a crooked axis, but it's still an axis. No, of course it is. Now you go to Ukraine, and when Putin looks over the border past the Ukrainians, who does he see? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. 
That's right. So, and I said this with Plotnot, my show yesterday, and I'm thinking, would this not be the golden opportunity for the Chinese to start screwing around with Taiwan? It's a three-front war now for Joe. And of all the people in the world that are least equipped to be there is who? Joe. <laughs> it's like, Joe. Us. oh, man. With it. Oh, with how how the the Navy's basically been been um, devastated shipwise. And Ship numbers are down to the lowest levels. We're out of ammo. Years. We're out of ammo. You know, like yeah. And the, and the, now the North Koreans are supplying the Russians with ammunition. It, it, Joe, there, there's a word, there's a term called screwing the pooch. Joe certainly screwed the pooch. Obama was right. <laughs> he was right. Wonderful to hear you your know, voice. Come, let's go. Great to hear you, yeah, Peter. You too, brother, man. Thank you. Welcome back, man. Thanks. Um, Danny Kaplis' law firm, believed to be the only lawyer in Colorado history to win five straight multi-million dollar jury verdicts in motor vehicle crash cases. Danny and the guys, his crew, won the largest truck crash jury verdict in Colorado history. The firm's history of seven- and eight-figure settlements and verdicts speaks for itself. The firm were good people from all walks of life without regard of ability to pay the level of legal representation that only the powerful will enjoy. Danny is my guy. I say it too many times, but our family went through some stuff. And at night, you know, after lights go out, Dan would call 9 o'clock and he'd talk to us. He believes talks cheap, experience counts, results matter, and they're happy to share with you the track record. Capitalist Law believes that who you hire says a lot about you to everyone involved in the case. They suggest you choose a law firm that shares your values. It's a phone call. 303-770-5551. 303-770-5551. law.com. It is C-A-P-L-I-S-Law.com. Danny Kaplis, 303-770-5551, and tell him you heard it here on the show. we got about 17, 18 minutes left in the show. It's been a good one. Thank you. 67 to high today, Sunday, 72, and Monday, 82. It's an interesting, uh, from the wall, do you think Putin, Putin and Z are just politics? Question mark. No, I don't. But since I was in my early 20s in the 60s, I've worried about Russia and China eventually being partners, a bigger concern for me than Iran and, and the ME. Um, as you know, during the time of Mao, Mao and uh, and Stalin really have a falling out, and they do with Khrushchev, and uh, they, they really are in opposition. That's why Nixon going to China was the great fly in the ointment. He threw Brezhnev off. Uh, the Chinese are the Chinese, always remember. Uh, we go. We got full lines, and I asked Lou, Brian, you waited the longest. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're on the air. JP, two great topics <clears throat> with a lot of problems and no solutions for either one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the tough part. You know, with, with Israel, you know, we have all these countries, the uh, United Nations recognizes Israel as a state, mm-hmm. but you have Arab countries that don't. But there's and, a list, if you go on the Internet, list of countries that recognize Palestine as a state, and it ain't always in the Arab world. True. Europe's got a problem problem with that. With that. But, again, 1947, the U.N. voted, and Israel became a nation. Hmm. And it, Russia even voted for it. 
And I think St- what Stalin, thought, vote, Stalin voted second. The first voter was Harry Truman. Yep. And what I thought they did that for, and I've done some research on it, is I think they, you know, Russia did it because they knew all the Arab nations would attack Israel immediately, wipe them out, and then, you know, it, it would solve the problem. Um, but when that didn't happen, you got the six day war, you got all these other wars, mm-hmm. six, you know, and Israel takes more land and Israel does survive. Oh, I think that from that moment on, it just, it, it ticked off the entire, it's, it the seems end, the entire like world. If you're looking for a pattern, it seems like every 10 years. And, yeah. um, and this, this one I firmly believe is, is Tet. It's the Tet offensive. And they did it knowing full well they weren't going to succeed as, you know, when when they launched Tet in February of 68, they know. They just know they can't win. And as a matter of fact, the U.S. military defeats them in Tet. But what they did was show the world we're still here. And again, it goes back to that, you know, turn it to you. When you read about protracted guerrilla wars in the third world, so-called national liberation, the motto is just don't lose. You don't have to win, just don't lose. And well, Afghanistan did that for years. And what and what, and they what won. drives me um, all right. they won. <laughs> and they who won. can we last? Yeah. Uh, what drives me crazy is that and, and I think it scares me to death, is every time something happens to Israel, you start to see more more of the anti Semitic rhetoric and you start to see more it becoming more mainstream. And that's what scares me, is now it's, it used to be hidden, it used to be just the neo-Nazis and this group. Mm. Now it's, it's, it's American University. Well, but again, um, it go, going back through history, because it always teaches us again, Heidelberg University, the great legendary German seats of learning, they're hotbeds for this stuff. And, but it's being taught on that end by the traditional... On this end, now it is left wing. And by the way, the the left, although at one time great supporters of the state, the left has turned into making Israel a colonial colonial power, an imperialist power, a racist power against these oppressed people, the Palestinians. And so, you know, that's their argument. But as you know, if you went through universities or colleges, oftentimes that professor wants you to regurgitate what he or she just taught you, and then you're then you get a good grade. <laughs> it's like so I was in college in the in the early um, early to mid nineties, and I, it was oh. just starting to it was yeah. just starting sure. to left was starting to to yeah. you know shed their shed the the wolf's clothing and just come out and say what yeah. they want, uh, and, sheep's clothing, and just come out and say what they want. And to I, I got to tell you something: the the there's a strain inside the Democratic Party. That is, and this is why Joe Biden has his, you know, Joe Biden calling for, he said, I don't want to, uh, he called it, a, a, what he called a truce. Didn't he want to say a truce? He wanted a ceasefire. Well, what the hell's the difference between a ceasefire and a truce? None. Uh, uh, Biden is being pulled by the, the Ocasio-Cortez's in that part of the party as well. Oh, yeah, and everything he says, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be dulled down with something else. Absolutely. And, and you know, Pete, my other my other topic is this mess of Colorado GOP. Mm. I, I left Pete when when they t- torpedoed Tancredo and, and ran house and was a joke. Yeah. But but to lay this all this mess on the feet of the stench of Trump 
I think is misguided, even mm. though I believe there, I, I believe that it, it, it has played a factor, That's but we were is. losing, we were losing races before Trump. We, come on, Coor, Pete Coors. I, I made phone calls for him. Listen, he couldn't beat Ritter. Listen, uh, Corey I, Gardner I, I, didn't I, even have Trump in the state. He I, couldn't beat, couldn't beat. I, I, I'm not arguing Hicks that. Cooper. I, I listen to me. I'm not arguing. I'm talking about this edge that controls the state party today says to you, Donald Trump won. That's a killer. If you're going to go to a normal human being and expect them to vote for that and that alone, and that's the litmus test. I agree with you. The Republican Party couldn't. I mean, how can you choose a worse candidate than Walker Stapleton? You can't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't. And and, and, and here's the, the, the dilemma. Is I'm unaffiliated now, but you mm. see what the left has done. I'm No way I'm voting left, a oh, Democrat. You can't. But then... What about a guy like me, Pete, where, okay, I, I don't want the team Peters. I, I don't go for that. Yeah. But I, I don't want the squishy Joe O'Days. Well, so what do you but, do? What you right. Gonna, what are you going to do? Because they don't have an answer. The, because it's Dick what not to do Wadhams will tell you what not to do. No, well, but he won't, he won't tell you what you can do to well, win. No, He'll no, just tell you no, what actually, you can do I, not to win. Actually, uh, Dick is... Um, more involved, I think, than you will than know. But he, remember, he's do he works for Channel Four, does all this different kind of stuff. And once you step over the line, it's like I say about about George. I think George Brockler is leaning to run. Now I don't know that he hasn't said it to me, but I'm around a lot and I see and watch and hear. But the moment that he says I'm my hat is in the ring, he's off the air. And the same thing. Oh, I. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I hope that's not the case. But you know, Dick Bottoms told us not to vote for these crazies in the yeah. last election, and, look what and we still lost. And we still lost. And you know what? So, I, I, mean, I don't, I don't so, think I, mean, any, I don't think anybody. If you if you listen to me for how you vote, you got a bigger problem than I do. It's up Jefferson schools. You and me, all of us. You're responsible for what you believe. You're responsible for all of these things. And remember, there's no talk radio. There's broadside newspapers. And Thomas Jefferson, who was my idol, tells you, it's up to you. When you, Whatever you know, believe, wherever you want to go, that's up to you. And if you sit and listen to a talk show, this one or any other one, that says, oh, this is what I'm going to do, me and you, Bubba, we got to go have lunch. <laughs> well, I try to be informed. I try to be informed, Pete. But again, here's my choices: squishy old guard Republicans that yeah. Dick Wadhams wants yeah, us yeah. to vote well, he's for. He's not an old school. Or, but, yeah. or radicals that are election deniers so that's where and i'm here i am like okay i'm not in the camp i don't want squishy republicans anymore Hmm? and i don't want radical election deniers if you what's what was the great line they told you now if you snooze you lose um i don't know I mean, I, Who's I'm not, coming out of the woodwork to save this thing? I, because we either have to go brother, over to one, like like we've split our own party brother, to one extreme to the next. Brother, that's, look. We split our own party to the, one extreme to the next. One of the most laughable things that appears on the internet is fill-in-the-blank talk show host guide how to vote. I, I go, what? Somebody's pick, some radio geek's picks telling... If you are listening to anybody, including me, with a microphone in front of me, who's telling you how to vote, and they, I love when they put on their websites, this is who fill-in-the-blank endorses, or this is who someone tells you. I thought to myself, why? I mean, this is the overreach of what we do. 
Um, I've how much time we got, Lou? We a couple of minutes. See, what, what the I, left I, is I, doing I, is far worse than what our disagreements over a stupid election. No, you say that. But what now. the left is doing is far worse Green than 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 dividing ourselves over elections. Green, I I finished the column. The isn't I, it? I finished this column. It's up on the web on the island of misfit toys. If we don't come, I said, all you're going to do get out of this is more gun grabs. More people telling you what to do, what to eat, where to go, what to teach your kids in school. That's what you get for this. But it's them. They're over there going like, uh, we're going to run Tina Peters. And if uh, if you guys hadn't interfered, Tina would have won. Tina had a but snowball's there's chance. There's not a that. lot of people saying that, Pete. I the can hell? tell you that. Why did they want to control? There's like Why? 10% of the party and that's, saying that. And that's the knifers. But, yeah, but again, that's 10% that no, gets they went the, to, the attention. When, when they put her up at the convention. And then they stabbed a woman in the back who probably could have been Secretary of State. They, well, they, again, we've got a dilemma here, and yes, what we the do. left is doing is far worse. And if we keep I, pecking I, at each other, don't argue that. But if you, we keep pecking at each other, and uh, and keep Dick Wadhams keeps coming on and telling us we're going to lose, you know, we're going to lose. You don't have to listen, Crystal Ball, Dick, brother. We know we're going to lose. Back to talk radio. You don't have to listen to squat. Well, you just have him on beat because he agrees with you on all no. this. No, oh come hatred. on. Yeah. Well, that's but, yeah. They know that part of it's true. We, all right. But, you, but, but the other people are they're lunatics. And let's have some people on with solutions, not I, with the listen problem. to me. We listen, know what the problem is, brother. I get three. We know the problem. No, actually, probably not. I let's get, try to have someone with solutions. Oh, okay. Well, I get three well, hours. I get three hours a Saturday. I pick them. Well, you play every them. time you have Dick. We know what the problem is. Okay, he, yeah, it's a broken turn it record. Off. Hey, look at me, Brian. Turn it off. But I want solutions, Pete, and, and you can no, be a part of it. Brian, except I, I am, be, I'm an old man. Not, not going to tell us who to vote for, but you I'm, could at least hey. say, let's unite against the left, okay. because you can agree that's destroying the state like crazy. Okay. Thank you. Look at look at the homeless. I, look at everything. I, brother, I've been against that since. I've been a Cote guy about how it works. Hey, me. you you went up to you went up to yeah, Vancouver, but, and, and look, props look, to you for that. And look what that got us. You take care of yourself. All right. Uh, if, thank you. Uh, don't listen to the show for how to vote or anybody's show. I love it when they put that stuff up on the web. Somebody's picks how to vote. My God. Come on. <laughs> Quit it. All right, Lou. Good job, Bubba. Uh, the, the, by the way, 710knus.com. That's our website. Click on shows. Click on me. There's a there's an interview with Dick Wadhams and I, and then the column on the island of misfit toys about the Republican Party. That's it. <laughs> All right. I'll see you again soon. Take care of yourselves, Lou. Good job, man. Thank you, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.